Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. And my name is Tess, yet to be determined of things. <laughs> she started it before she told me, you guys. She usually counts us in and she's like, I'm going to start now. And then I just heard her and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I just started recording. Yeah, it's true. You warned me. Because <laughs> why not? I, I, wanted a, I wanted an extra reaction today. Um, well, you got it. It's me flustered. <laughs> that's what we're here for um how are you i am well i am here i am good i got to ride a horse today Ooh, yeah i don't like horseback riding you don't like it is that what you said no i do not Why i know not? i'm really congested guys so i apologize but um no i do not i was uh thrown off of a stallion Ooh. that had killed its last owner at a uh horse ranch that a family friend owned when I was like six. So I don't, I don't do horses. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. I have a different experience. (laughs) I mean, if you love horses, if you're, if you're an equestrian, more power to you. I think they're beautiful creatures. I just don't want to be a fucking near them. I got you. I I was raised with them, of course, on the ranch. And then before that, even in Houston, um, my mom had a horse. And so I think I've been like around them since I was seven or something like that. So to me, it's a little more yeah, normative, I guess. That's sweet. That's nice. Yeah. What about you? How are you today, my dear? Other than slightly um, <laughs> husky and sexy. We're going for the husky, sexy voice today. <laughs> I don't know that having your nose stuffy is sexy at all. Um, no, I'm fine. Uh, we're recording this in October right after my birthday. Um, so happy birthday. Thank you. It'll probably actually come out closer to your birthday, um, which is fun. And, oh, and we're going to be in this, when this gets released, we'll be in, uh, Nashville. So that's yes, cool. You'll be in Nashville together. Yeah. <laughs> so there'll be a lot of pictures of us having fun on Instagram together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really neat. Yeah. Yesterday was my 26th birthday and Woo-hoo. thank you. I went to the beach. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. That's, it. that's, that's my announcements. That's I think I that's like the last I'm officially an adult birthday before you get to the over the hill birthdays. Yeah. I'm officially closer to 30 than I am <laughs> 20 now. And well, there's also like the insurance thing and all of that other stuff. So it's like the last, like oh, I have to be yeah. an autonomous adult kind of birthday. That's true. Like the health insurance thing. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even think about that. Mainly because TRICARE. I'm sorry, guys. You're going to hear me sniffling. I'll try to edit those out as much as I can. But yeah. So tell us, what are we going to, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to talk about the process of buying a car, a few things to consider, a few do's and don'ts because this is my life right now. I'm about to start car shopping. Um, my car, Black Betty, after the song by Spiderbait, um, <laughs> and my grandmother named Betty, it somehow worked out both ways, um, is in the shop again because I think I told you guys a couple of weeks ago uh, that deer came over the median yep. Um going down in the fast lane. It crossed three lanes of traffic, jumped the median and dive bombed my car. So for the second time in less than two months, my car is in the shop. It was like radiator, oil pan, like, Ooh, oh yeah, no, steep. I, 
I thought it was just like bumper damage and then it started overheating and I actually had to get it towed to the shop. Oh god. I had yeah, no, $275 tow. Blah! Um <laughs> Jeez. Supposedly insurance will like reimburse me, but I have to claim it and I haven't gotten to do that yet because it's still in the shop. So like everything isn't finalized. Right. Um, so I just, this car has been bad luck charm and <laughs> I never thought I would say that and legitimately believe it, but I do. <laughs> it's cursed. Right. Like I just, I, oh my goodness. So um, I'm about to be in the market to buy a car and I feel like that's pertinent because that's something that I had to go through with Tim as well. Um, he got out of the army and uh, <laughs> um, bought a Nissan Sentra or some kind of Nissan hatchback car um, for like cash down, which was great. Walked off the lot with a paid for car. Don't know why, but he didn't pay any attention to the odometer when he bought this car. Oh, God. Um, and so it already had over 200,000 miles on it. What the fuck? And so, of course, the thing crapped out in, like, a year. Goodness. The battery didn't work. The AC didn't work. The, the, like, the fuel injector didn't work. <laughs> Nothing on that car. Um, so then we had to go in and be like, okay, let's get you a new-to-you car and go through the whole payments and, you know, setting up interest, all that kind of stuff process. So with all of these different experiences and more that I'm sure Lauren will share, we're just going to walk through a little bit of, so your car crapped out, what do you do now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds fun. So yeah, um, the first thing that I did uh, whenever I started looking into buying a car is looking into um, down payments and trade-in values. And I realized that that's, you know, I haven't even started looking at an actual car yet, but it's kind of like, what do I have to offer that might take off the, the sticker price, not the right. purchase, but the sticker price of the car so that, you know, you don't have to walk in and take on as much as, I don't know what kind of car you, you might want to buy, like a $60,000 Loan. Change, yeah, because yeah. I, I'm anti-loan personally. I know they're necessary to life, but if possible, <laughs> I'm <Right>. anti-loan. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> so looking into that, and something you can do with that, if you have a car that you'd like to trade in, um, there are cars that are going to be so old that they're going to be considered auction cars, and they're not going to have much of a trade-in value. My last car was that way. I had a little Toyota Corolla 2003 stick shift. I mean, it rattled like a washing machine when you got it up to 80 miles an hour on the interstate. You whipped that little fucker. Oh, I did. I did. We're impressive in that vehicle. Oh, I, I, I could do things in that car. Like you sliding on two wheels. People were actually so scared to ride with me, and I'm a safe driver. I'm just a very fast driver. <laughs> she is a very good driver, just very, very fast. Yes, I've never been in like an actual wreck or an at-fall or anything like that. I think the worst thing I've ever done is I just, like bumped somebody in a parking lot um, where like I backed out and I, I calculated, you know. Um, so no, but that car ended up being an auction car. So the first, the starting point was to go online. Um, one of the best uh, places you can go to kind of get an estimate on your car without having to take it in um, is Kelly Blue Book online. Yep. Uh, you can go in and say, you know, everything down to the trim package on your car, the mileage, of course the year was made, uh, and they will give you uh, an estimate. Usually it's between $2,500 and $5,000, depending on how new, nice, old, whatever your car is to say like, this is excellent condition, good condition or fair condition. Right. So that's where I always start. Um, Lauren, I don't know if you want to like chime in, say something extra. You look like you're looking up something over there. So I'm ad-libbing until you tell me what you have to share. Now I'm interested in like actually like doing that for the Civic because Ian and I are talking about trading in the Civic and getting a, uh, a, a an SUV now before it was a truck. But, you know, something that's a little more manageable for both of us. Yeah. Um, I'm so, sorry, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I was going to go on the Kelly Blue Book site and just be like, oh, let's see what this is. But yeah, you can also, um, there are different like shopping uh, options that you can do too, where like you can see like what would be the fair trade in price or like what the, what, what the prices that people are actually selling. Like if you were to go on, like, I think it's cars.com 
cars.com car gurus is another great one that i love to look at yeah car gurus um is really great because you could also look at like your car and how it's like if there's certain mileage what dealerships are selling the used car for and then you can probably negotiate a little bit better especially if it's a car that you own outright because then yes. all they're doing is literally just trading it there's nothing that they have to pay to have it as inventory there's nothing that's going on where they're going to be like oh no i'm only going to give you 500 dollars for this 2017 with 40,000 miles car like that's insane so yeah no that's crazy don't don't get lowballed like that something interesting though when considering your trade in value um and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute but i just want to mention it because it goes hand in hand when you get to the bargaining stage, pardon me, of car buying, when you're kind of sitting across the table from the salesperson and uh, you're talking about, well, I need a little bit taken off or something like that, they can only increase the amount they're paying for your trade-in or take off on the sticker price. They cannot do both. Really? Yeah. And that's really interesting. Like if you start haggling with them and saying like, this is the final walkout price that I want, if they've already added to what they initially offered you for your trade-in or taken off of the sticker price, they cannot go back and mess with it on both ends. I don't know why that is, but I have had several friends who are car salesmen, several people who have gone on and bought cars. Like this seems to be a completely universal thing. That's interesting. It's, it's really weird. And actually that happened when we went in and bought Tim's car. Cause I said like, we need one more like thousand dollars off the total price. Can you just like lop it off? And they were like, no, we can only mess with your trade-in value because that's what we've been messing with in this uh, process. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, um, Lauren, whenever you think about like, Hey, I want a new car. What's your first thought? What drives what you look for? Usually the price, um, if I'm okay. being honest. Uh, it, now it's more about like functionality for lifestyle too. So like, you know, if Ian and I ever have kids, um, we need a car that's big enough for the kids as well as our German Shepherds. Yes. So, I mean, that's a, that's going to need to be a pretty large car. And so when we were talking about getting the truck, it was more like, oh, it will be the family vehicle and... Um, we can also use it for like outdoor activities so we could get like kayaks and stuff. Yeah. But now it's kind of more along the lines of what's the price and how does it benefit the lifestyle that we're looking to have in the next five to 10 years? Cause if we're going to spend $60,000 on a fucking SUV, we're keeping it for 10 years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I am similar in that and, kind of thinking about, you know, what am I looking for? I usually have a list of like, I want these certain aspects of a car. And then I go and start trying to find which makes and models fit that checklist. Um, and then from there also going on, one of my favorite things to do is go to consumer reports or a similar website and say, what are the crash test statistics? How do these rate with consumers? Because this is weird to me, but year to year, it varies. You could take a 2017 Honda and a 2018 Nissan and put them up against each other. And one year the Nissan may win and one year the Honda may win based on the year that you're looking at. So if you are considering buying used, especially, that's something really interesting to consider. Occasionally they'll come out and say like, well, the 2017 had a battery issue, but they fixed it by the time it came back in 2018. Right. Something like that, like almost a glitch in the code, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the later versions of cars are, like, usually whenever they do, like, a body style change or something, it usually takes until, like, the second or third year of that body style being around when they have noticed what what was going on with the other cars and, and how it affected, like, not just the body, but, like, if they put the battery in a new place because of the way that the body is in comparison to the rest of the car and it fucks up something in the system or even if there's, like, new literal code in the car like you literally have like computers and cars now like that's yeah. your little led dash thingy and it's like if something gets fucked up there and there's an electrical issue then it's shit that can really fuck up the rest of your car and there are some that i've heard like you get to this magic mileage number and all of a sudden it's it's derailing for that particular make and model. And I think that might be what's going on in my car right now is I heard that the Volkswagen Passats of this kind of year 
once they get to 75,000 miles, they just crap out. And I think that might be what happened. Really? That's what someone told me. I don't have corroborating evidence on that, but like I said, it's either that or just eternally call it a bad luck charm or a cursed car. So like, I kind of want to go with a more scientific explanation. I feel like 75 isn't that (laughs) much. I've got 75,000 on my 2017. I also drive it too fucking much but yeah that is another thing to consider when um looking at cars is 10 to fifteen thousand miles is roughly a year of driving that's a high year of driving but i think that we drive a lot i mean yeah that's normal for me i've had my car for two years now and i think i put thirty thousand or more on it so i think in the second year that i had a oh, fuck this is the second year that i've had this car September was the second year and I've got 75,000 miles on a car. Did you buy it with zero miles on it? Yeah, it's a brand new car. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you've got me beat. You've got me beat. But that is something to consider if you're looking at a used car. Right. And you kind of say like, my rule of thumb, and this is not universal, my rule of thumb is always like, you can probably get 200,000 miles out of an odometer unless you go into some really serious engine work. So right. if you like look at a car and say, well, it has 150,000 miles on it. Okay. Is that like two and a half years of driving? Like let's consider and do a bunch of research on that particular make and model. Cause it's varies from car to car. Right. Um, I would say <laughs> humbly <laughs> that something not to put too high on the list um, when considering a car, unless this is like a splurge purchase car, extra car for you that just going in and saying like, I need a cool and sexy car. Cause it, it, yes, if that's something that you specifically want, but if this is like your main car, consider all of the priorities, consider your lifestyle, what your driving choices are. Do you need to haul anything? Um, let's look at gas mileage, all that kind of stuff and not say, Oh, wow, that Corvette's really sexy. Cause like, yeah. yeah. Are you going to be the moving friend because you bought a new truck and now everybody wants you to move? That's them? <laughs> another thing to consider. Oh yeah, for sure. Although I do miss my truck. I would get a truck again if um, gas mileage wasn't so piss poor on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something I'm going to miss when I do get rid of um, my Passat because it gets like 40 miles to the gallon on the highway. Civics do too. Hmm. Maybe we'll see. Something to keep in mind. So first we're looking at our trade-in value. You can look and see if you have um, a down payment that you can put on because whatever you put as a down payment, you do not get charged interest on because when we go buy a car from a dealership, this is specifically from a dealership and not from like a individual. Um, but you will get charged a certain amount of interest, um, over the lifetime of the loan. Um, and so if you take some of that loan off the top, you're actually taking a lot more off the top because it's everything plus the interest that would have accrued on that amount. Yep. So big thing to think about, big thing to think about. Also be very aware of the interest and the payments. This was something that came up whenever we were uh, buying Tim's car. He didn't have any credit, Uh, not bad credit, no credit when he went in to buy the car. Yeah. So he got some ridiculous interest rate. I want to say it was 17% or 13%. Like you're joking. No, it was a sin. I know. I know. And then they tried to take the car away from him. Not, he didn't miss any payments, but they realized that because he had no credit, they technically weren't supposed to sell it to him. And they tried to get it back for the next month. And I had to go read the contract like three times. And I basically said like, you signed this contract that sucks to be you, but he gets to keep the car. Like I had to go head to head with the dealership and say, you, you fucked up, you're stuck. And they were like, oh, we're stuck. What the fuck? Like that's Oh yeah. That yeah. is bonkers. We went in um at like 30 minutes to closing. I had done all of the research online. I found the car on CarGurus. I found it on the dealership website. We called ahead to confirm it was still there. We walked in and we said this is the only one we're interested in. We're not looking to test drive anything else. If you try to monkey with us, we're walking out. And just basically like hardballed them the entire time. And we got this really petite salesperson. And I think she might've been new 
no offense to her. She was really sweet. She was absolutely wonderful, but I just, I think she was new. And, um, we drove the car. Tim said, yes, I like this car. I want this car. And we went in to work everything out. And I basically sat there and said, like, if you don't meet the exact number that I want, we are leaving. And she wanted the sales so bad. She made it happen. And then later when they found out, like, yes, they ran his credit and she was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, you can keep working with us now. We're leaving. So she kept working with us. And, um, then, like I said, he got a letter in the mail and then several calls of like, oh no, we're, we're thinking we're going to take the car back. And I was like, uh-uh, I read the contract and unless he misses payment, you can't take it back. And I was like, Tim, you better pay that thing early. <laughs> what the actual fuck? Like, were they yeah. going to pay you guys the money that you spent? I don't think, I don't think he put any like money down. He just traded in his old Nissan, which they probably scrapped as soon as they got it. Yeah, then no. <laughs> oh, I know. That was my thing. I was like, uh-uh, you sign this. We sign this. I, no. <laughs> Contracts are legally binding on both ends, people. Yeah. So read the fine print. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck yeah. That's so weird. All right. Well. So, yeah. Next thing to consider is new or used. Lauren, do you prefer new or used? I prefer new cars. Tell me why. Uh, I prefer new cars because I know what I'm getting into. And I don't think that the prices on used cars are justifiable 99% of the time. I got you. I just, I don't, I don't fully trust a used car. I just don't know who's been in it. I don't know who's had sex in it. I'm not interested in a used car. (laughs) There was kittens that were born in the (laughs) backseat. Yep. That's the, that's that shit. That's the shit I'm talking about. I'm not interested. I, I appreciate that there are tapestries and lives that are weaved in, in these vehicles, but uh, I just, I want net new, no nastiness, stickers still on everything. That's what I require. Okay. I respect that. I greatly respect that. I have a different perspective, but I'm really happy that you told me because by the way, I'm sorry if you hear dingling, Sammy is like scratching at his collar and it's going around and around his neck. (laughs) What a cutie. Um, I like used cars because honestly, my biggest and selfish reason is I don't like all the bells and whistles. Oh, okay. I like that kind of feeling of like, I have my music, I have air conditioning. I might like power windows, but other than that, I don't, I don't want a touchscreen. I don't want Apple play. I don't want anything. Like I want the car and the wheels and that's it. (laughs) No, I mean, that makes sense, especially when like those extra bells and whistles, like they're brand new to a lot of cars and it can really fuck things up. Yeah. Yeah. Or push button start. Oh my God. I hate push button start. Yeah, um, we're figuring out right now that with the Civic, um, the the starter isn't really working very well. So that's, well, that's fun. fun. Yeah. That's so fun. yeah, when I go back to North Carolina, that's the next thing on my list that I need to do. Well, there are advantages of buying cars new. We'll go for that one first. And <clears throat> the first and biggest one is it usually comes with a warranty. Not all used cars come with a warranty. Some of them do, especially the ones that are certified pre-owned. They'll say like we have a small dealership warranty or something like that. Right. But a new car will come with a warranty. And if something breaks on it, it can really be helpful, you know, for routine maintenance, that kind of thing. Are you okay? You're like scowling behind you. I'm fine. My parents' dogs will not shut up. And in our last episode about pet peeves, we discussed how (laughs) frustrating that shit is. So sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm just gonna maybe be two dogs down by the end of the week. I don't know. Just I'm not gonna do anything to the fucking dogs. I'm gonna delete that. But fuck. Buying a new car with a warranty. <laughs> buy a new car. Buy a new car for the war- warranty. Don't don't get the extended warranty unless you think you're gonna fuck up your car. That's the only thing. Yeah, I don't think extended warranties are worth it. I've even been hassled to put an extended warranty on the one that I bought used, and I'm just like, mm, my insurance is good enough that I I don't know. I think it's scam calls, but yeah, 
Um, the literal, I'm in the ocean and I have no cell reception, but the one call that gets through is, we're here to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. Like, <laughs> fuck off. You don't need to talk to me about anything. Yeah, I've gotten those cars or calls and I've also gotten the calls of like, we'd like to put you in a new car when I bought the car like three months ago. I love those calls where they're like, we noticed that you have a 2015 and we'd like to put you in a new car. And I'm like, I bought the thing like six weeks ago. And they're like, oh, well, could we put you in a new car anyway? No. No. What? The actual, no. No. I wanted the older one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now go away. Also, another reason or an advantage of buying a new car is the dealership may be able to finance at a lower rate. If it is their car, new on the lot, all that kind of stuff. Also, this may be because the ticket price is larger. So a smaller rate of interest on a larger ticket price is still going to get them a ton of interest and a ton of payment because that is how they make their money. They make way more money on the interest than they do on the ticket price. So be firm when you're sitting in the office and work that interest rate down I would say pay as much upfront as you're comfortable with. Don't put yourself under, you know, or if your trade-in value is high enough, if you have a trade-in, like don't, don't put yourself under, but if you can get that price down, be mean or bring a mean friend. I actually have a friend offering to go with me to the car place. She's like, I could be a bitch. I, I will be your bitch. I'm like, I might let you do that because I will sit there and stonewall, but I'm not like forceful and mean. Oh no. I went with one of my friends uh, to buy her, her first car and like, five or six years, she didn't have a car. And so we went and um, we literally walked away from one place because they just wouldn't take me seriously. And I was just like, nope, it was nice doing business with you, but we're, yeah. we're gone. And so we went across the street and then <laughs> I got a call from them and they were like, oh, we're willing to do what you guys needed. And I went, that sucks to suck. I'm across the street and they're not fucking with me. And we found a different car that's better. Like, yeah. I'm- it's that easy because that's the thing guys is that when you're buying a car you are in for the pun in the driver's seat (laughs) this is this is literally you're going somewhere and their job as salespeople is to get that commission and they will do what is in their power to make that happen yep and don't be afraid to walk away because unless you're looking at a car that's a collector or that has a lot of modifications on it or something like that, you're probably not looking at a one of a kind. Right. So exactly. it's not an end all be all. And if you need a different color or maybe like a slightly different trim and by trim, I mean like the LE, the XLE, the whatever right. version of the car, you know, you have wiggle room and like Lauren said, you are in the driver's seat and um, also you're the customer and the customer's always right. And Lawrence Madigan. What? what the like fuck? I said before, I really don't appreciate interruptions either. So here oh. we are. It's fine. It's fine. The, the, something else to keep in mind too is that, you know, with your interest rate, get pre-approved before you go. You don't need to wait for them to originate the loan or find something or get in that finance office with the finance dude and have him you know, kind of busting your balls about what you can afford or what your interest rate should be. Because if you're pre-approved already, you can say, no, I'm, I'm pre-approved for a loan. I know what this interest rate is. And if you can't do any better than this, because um, they get bonuses based off of if they originate the loan or not. Mm-hmm. So if you come in with your own loan you're, and you're already pre-approved and you're good to go, they can still get whatever they need in order to do get their bonus, like get their cheddar by finding that better interest rate for you. Yep. Yep. So you're taking a little bit of power away from them. Uh, it used to be that salesmen, uh, sales people, uh, in the car industry had a lot of power because, you know, the internet didn't exist for car buying or things like that. So find a car on the internet, do a lot of research and comparing on like car gurus or cars.com or Carfax or car, whatever, and kind of say, you know, what is this car going for? What are my options? And is there a better deal out there? Because then you know what to expect when you walk in. Also something that I like to do before I go into a dealership is not only price my trade-in, 
but yep. price the car that I have decided that I want on Kelly Blue Book because you can price for trade-in value and then you can also price for sale value. Um, and then you know if you're overpaying and you can just be like, I know this car is not worth this much. You've padded it so that I will come in and talk you down. So I already know what number we're going to. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, and $1,000 might sound like a lot to you, but it's not a lot to them, especially not on a car that's like $15,000. No. Um, or 60 <laughs> Well, or 60. I'm, I have not bought a car that had that price tag on it. So I, I'm lacking. <laughs> I'm not excited. The more that we look at the prices of these SUVs, I'm like, it. What kind of SUV are you looking at? I don't even know. Oh, we're looking at a, an Explorer right now. I was oh, looking the at big ones, the yeah, tanks. Yeah. I was looking at an expedition too. Uh, and they're just, yeah, they're bonkers. They're, they're giant because giant dogs and potentially children and they're safe. So that's great. But like hey. the, more car, more money. So yeah, no, it, I mean, it makes sense. Logically. It's just, geez, just... <laughs> <laughs> we spit on the price. <laughs> <laughs> okay. is of buying a new car since we're spitting on the price. <laughs> One of them is the price. One of them is the price. New cars, again, we're we're not taking into account like classics, modifications, that kind of stuff. General general talk here. Um, also, another really big disadvantage is the depreciation. Yep. As soon as you drive that car off the lot, you can lose up to like fifteen to thirty percent. Of, of the, the purchase, value. yeah, of the value, yeah, as fucking bonkers. Drive it off the lot. So, if fucking you bonkers. if you buy a sixty thousand dollar big truck, big whatever, you drive it off the lot, you lose eighteen thousand dollars as soon as you go over like onto the street. Eighteen thousand dollars. Eh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I I don't make the rules. <laughs> I can hate it. I don't make the rules. So that's, that's a big disadvantage of buying a new car is like you are kind of paying for that luxury of the guarantee that there were no kittens that were born in the backseat. I'll still take that over the fucking kittens. No, that's fine. I'm not, this is not a judgment moment. This is a factual moment. Over kittens fucking in the backseat or giving birth. Take a, if, I mean, also it's like, crash uh, crashes accidents everything that was or wasn't reported on that car because right that's something i found out with uh when my mom traded in her car if you report it to insurance um then it counts as a crash like on the car facts like show me the car facts if you report it to insurance and say hey i want to claim this then that counts as some kind of accident on the car if you don't report that to insurance then it doesn't count Right. Whether or not you hit something and then you go sell that car, let's say, you know, your uncle owns a body shop or you know how to do the work yourself or whatever it is, right. it, it, it never comes across. And so you may be buying a car that says like, Hey, one owner, no accidents. But if that owner didn't report it to insurance and paid out of pocket, then that car may have been in an accident. Right. Exactly. So bit, bit of a weird situation. And then also on the flip side, being the seller as opposed to the buyer on that one, my mom reported um, cracks in her windshield from rocks. Like, oh. you know, when the rock yeah. gets kicked up from an 18 wheeler or something Yeah, on her windshield. She's like, I don't want to pay for all these new windshields. I'm just going to report it to insurance and they're going to pay for my windshield. Well, then when she went to sell her car, they were like, oh yeah, you were in five accidents. She's like, what? Well, yeah. Well, you have five insurance claims. Yep. So that will that. devalue the car. Yeah, big time because they they don't take into account that it was just a rock on the wheel, windshield. Right. So <laughs> anyway, depreciation of a new car. As soon as you drive it off the lot, 15 to 30%, that's that's it. That's you take that off the top. It's the cream. Take it off the top. Another disadvantage when you're buying a brand new model. Now, this may not be true if you buy a new car that is last year's model something like that. But if you buy a brand new model car, the 2021 Jeep Wrangler comes out and you must have it. I'm saying this because I know Lauren looked at that car. <laughs> Fucking beautiful car. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm not discounting that. I can admire them. I just like to window shop and not buy. Yeah. Um, 
But there may be a year, like we talked about earlier, they switch the engine up, they alter the design, there's no computer code, there's a glitch in the system. Um, I know that for like, pull Tesla in for just a second, like for the Tesla automated driver thing, uh, sometimes it just randomly makes you take over like mid drive, like you, you switches off of automated driver. Okay. That's a really big problem. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, I don't know, fucking sleeping in your car in the back seat somehow, I feel like that's okay. an irresponsible move, but extremely irresponsible. And the reason I brought this up and the reason I found out about it was because there was this thing that went viral on Instagram where these three or four guys went out and got slammed at the bar and let the Tesla be the designated driver. And so nobody was in the driver's seat. <laughs> and it went off? Like it just- No, it didn't. They didn't. But like, that was the news story that followed up on that viral video. It was like, don't do this, y'all. <laughs> I swear to God, people find <laughs> the most interesting ways to almost kill themselves daily. Oh, I've done it in almost so many ways. Spit on that too. I'm not suicidal. I'm not saying that, but like there are so many ways days where I'm like, how did I live through? Okay, well I'm still alive, so we're good. I don't know how I lived through yesterday, honestly. Well, it's your birthday. You're you're entitled. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You spitting on that too? I am. I'm just going to poo-poo everything today. That's my mood. (laughs) I'm 26 now. I'm a cranky grandmother. Leave me alone. Wait, can you even? Yeah, I guess technically if you were a teen mom and your daughter was a teen mom, you could be a grandma. I'm sorry. Was I not supposed to react to that like that with math? I feel like I'd have to be like nine years old to have another kid. No, 13 and 13. Oh, I guess. Yeah, actually. Fuck, that's scary. I'm sorry. We're we're talking about cars and interest rates, so my brain went, oh, math. Babies are weird. (laughs) They smell like really gross potatoes. Buy a car, not a baby. I don't know that you can buy babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Do not buy a baby. Never buy a baby. But Well, I mean, to adopt i guess like that that's a, i don't think you're allowed to call it that i think if you buy it that's, baby, is that automatically that is that you, market you're buying a baby like that's literally what well, you're doing if we say that then my mom like bought an embryo when she had me i don't really want to think of myself like that so you're purchased <laughs> <laughs> you're Fuck. purchased good oh you're gonna make me cough up a lung i'm sorry y'all i I think there's mold in my house and it's making me cough. That's not good. There's also mold in my office, so like I, I just can't get away from it. You should get that checked out. I, I I tried to remember. Oh. Oh yeah, that's true. I called my landlord and I called the maintenance guy and they just came over and cleaned it with bleach and asked me why I didn't do that. And I was like, because it's coming from somewhere. Like that's what you should. <laughs> Slumlords, slumlords, oh, you guys. I I have a slumlord. It is hilarious. It's fine though. Um, cars, <laughs> cars. Yes. Okay. We're moving into the advantages of buying a used car. <laughs> the biggest advantage is what we just talked about with the disadvantage of buying new. Somebody else takes the depreciation. The biggest depreciation. Uh, obviously, kittens get to be born in the back seat of your car. That's yes. Okay. Fine. There's also such a thing as like leather seats or pleather seats or whatever. <laughs> you can clean those. So if you let someone else take that biggest depreciation, you may be able to sell that car for nearly the same amount you paid for it in the next few years. This Which is not is nice. this. This is not the same as a trade-in value, mind you. This is like um, first-person seller because if you take it back to a dealership, they're going to take it on the trade-in value, which is not going to be like the same amount, right? That you. Yeah paid for it. It's a little bit confusing there. I didn't do a bunch of research into buying from uh, like for sale by owner kind of thing. Right. Um, Cause that gets into a whole new deal of like, you need to get a mechanic to look at it. You need to get it inspected. You need to get all of this other stuff, make sure that the title is, you know, fair and clear or whatever. And that's, that's a lot more hoops to jump through. So I'm saying if someone was to go to a dealership or used car play, something 
that all of these things have been checked out for you and you don't have to worry about legality or, you know, undisclosed things. Right. It's kind of, that's kind of what I'm advocating for here. Obviously everybody do you. That's fine. Yeah. We actually bought Ian's first Ford Focus uh, from a kid that I was in a class with. And it was an interesting little, interesting trial of jumping through hoops, uh, just going and getting like the title switched and, you know, paying extra taxes because you don't, you don't not pay the taxes on the car. Right. You end up paying the taxes when you transfer over the title, everything like that. Um, and it's, it's still decently expensive at the end when you're talking about like those, you know, the tax tag title fees, cause you have to buy your own tag for the car. Mm-hmm. You have to get your own license plate for the car. Like all the things that you don't normally think of when you're buying a car from a dealership. Right. Like the legality thing. So yeah, the dealership, like they charge more obviously, and there's more hassle, I might say, depending on who you buy it for, for, for sale by owner, I would oh, yeah. say there might be a little bit more hassle with the dealership, but you don't have to consider so many details. And like I said, the legality of it is a little bit easier. I mean, they might try to take your car back like they did with Tim. I don't think that was legal, but we didn't fight him as long as they let us have the car. Uh, Bonkers to me. I know, right? It's weird. It's weird. Um, You can also still get really good financing options on used cars. This is something kind of similar to Lauren, what you were talking about with the new car, where you go to your local bank or your credit union or something like that and start your own loan process. So maybe the dealership says, oh, we're going to give you 13% like they did with Tim. And you say, oh no, it's fine. I have like a 6% or a 4% that I've already taken care of with this uh, credit union. Right. Also, be aware that after six months, you can refinance. So if you get a really bad deal, but you get a good price on the car, you refinance, and then that uh, interest rate goes down for the rest of the lifetime of the loan. So you're paying high at the beginning, but then you pay lower for the rest of the lifetime after refinancing. Yep. Also, when you buy a used car, it can be easier to save up and put more down. Because you're not looking at that $60,000 price tag. Maybe you're looking at a $15,000 price tag. That still sounds like a bonkers lot of money to be, but it's less. And actually, okay, this is not meant to come out as a brag. Both times that I have purchased cars, I've gone in and paid cash. Nice. And said, like, this is the car I want. Here's how much. And um, actually, I'd like, last time um, my mom went with me and she put forward the couple of thousand that I was short and she was like, you can pay me back over time, but I won't charge you any interest family loan. Be careful with those. I trust my mom. Be very careful with those. Um, But that was a huge blessing to not have to go through that financing process. So that is something that's possible with used cars with the smaller overall ticket price. Also something to consider is insurance rates. Fuck yeah. Because that goes along with your car payment if you have one and for the lifetime that you own the vehicle because you have to have insurance. It's the law. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Government, stay out of my pocket. I mean, um, but yes, it's the law. And so consider like red cars for some reason sometimes get insured or usually get insured as higher. higher Um, depending on the size of the chassis, you get insured as higher or lower or the size of the engine. Is it a V8? Is it a V6? Um, newer cars can get insured for higher because they cost for a fix. If you're in a wreck and you claim it on your insurance, you know, past that warranty point or whatever, um, then it's going to cost more to fix. So your insurance rate is going to be higher. You come in with an older car, um, especially if you're a younger individual, less elder millennials are still considered younger individuals. And I believe it's 26 that the car insurance rates, you start to get a break. I thought it was 25. Is it 26? Could be 26. I hesitate to say this, but the reason I say 26 is my brother did not get a break on his rate until he turned 26. I got a break at 25. I don't know if that's girls versus boys or if it's, um, I mean, or if it's like number of tickets, number of citations. Right. Because I mean, the other things to consider are your marital status will affect your yes. insurance price. Um, it actually makes it cheaper, especially for young men that are married, have a cheaper insurance rate. 
Um, which is interesting to me and a little sexist, but you know, whatever. It is, it is, it is sexist, which is why I was like hesitant to say that because I don't know that it's that way across the board or if it was him and me, I, I haven't done research into that part, but I know he paid way more on insurance than I did. (laughs) Fuck the patriarchy. Anyways, continue. I mean, they kind of did because he had to pay. (laughs) Okay. Disadvantages of buying a used car. Um, it may not be as reliable. Yep. We talk about the glitches for the new cars, but that's a glitch and maybe it'll be a recall. Maybe it'll be a warranty fix. Maybe it'll be a dealership fix, but by a used car and something goes wrong, it's a lot less likely that the dealership is going to say, oh yeah, we're going to fix that. Yeah. Take ownership and accountability of the issue. Right. I will say there are exceptions to that rule. Again, with my Passat, which is a freaking just cursed piece of crap um the clutch went out oh i had it it's a 2015 i got it in 2018 um it was recalled due to the diesel emissions um thing that vw went through um so they took it back in they fixed it they did all that kind of stuff and then they resold it um and the clutch went out like pretty quickly after i had the car and so i took it into the dealership and they said oh yeah this is actually a factory problem like something is wrong with this car that's a factory problem. So we're going to fix it for you. I think the first clutch was like $4,000. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I didn't have to pay for that. Um, And then as soon as I um, got back in the car, after they like handed me the keys from fixing the clutch, I was like, um, it's clunking when I put it into gear. Like literally just chunk clunk. Like it's not, it's something's wrong. So the technician comes out and um, forces it into all six gears over and over and over and over and over again. And is like, oh no, you're just not strong enough. I I shouldn't have to be strong enough (laughs) to shift a car, to shift my vehicle, sir. It's like, it's just stiff. It's just new clutch. I was like, a new clutch should slide like butter. Like, I've been driving sticks since I was nine years old. Insert dirty joke there. Um, but I have because I grew up with, like, tractors and everything else that you, like, shift. You you know, this whole thing. You're just not strong enough, little girl. But I'm just not strong enough, and I don't understand that the newer the clutch, the better it should, like, slide, you know? <laughs> so... I, I, I was like, okay, like whatever. So I literally drove it off of that lot, that VW, um, uh, what's it called? Repairs place, uh, parts and service. That's what they call them. And I drove it to the next nearest one and I pulled it and I was like, so I have this new clutch, but you know, little girl voice, I have this, but it's not working. Right. Um, so the guy's like, oh yeah, let me, let me come out and look at this. So he pushes it in here and goes, it's clunking. <laughs> Like, just do your job right the first time, you dumb fuck. Are you kidding me? You're just not strong enough. <laughs> so then they tell me, they're like, we have to charge you like $100 to take it apart to look at it. But if it ends up being something that the other people didn't do right, then we'll fix it for free. Like, you won't have to pay for it. But you have to promise that you'll pay us 100 bucks to take it apart. Okay, fine. I'll do that because I know this is not right. Right. Um, and so they take it apart. And they showed me pictures of the clutch. And I actually have them. We might have to just like put them on the Instagram. It looked like somebody took buckshot and fired it into the clutch mechanism. Like it was dimple. Sir. And and I get a call and they're like, yeah, you should come see this. Like we normally just say we're going to do the work, but like you should come see this. They bring me back into the garage. Probably huge liability right there. Right. (laughs) Um, they bring me back into the garage and they're like, yeah, here's your clutch. And they pull it and I can tell by the color of the metal that it's brown, brand new, but it's just dimpled and buckshot. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't look right. And they're like, no, we don't know if like they dropped a bolt in there and like didn't pick it up, but it looks like there was a projectile going around in your clutch. So you need it replaced again. <laughs> Less than sir and then no way it gets better and then they go oh yeah by the way whatever the projectile was also ruined your transmission you're just not strong enough (laughs) i'm just not strong enough i'm not i'm not mentally strong enough to, (laughs) to, to deal with this what 
the actual. Yeah. So I was like, so do I have to pay for this? Like, what's, what's going to happen? And they were like, well, we hope not, but we're going to call the other shop that you just came from. And, um, hopefully if they're honest, they'll pay for it. But like, we don't know yet, sir. (laughs) So for six weeks, I got phone calls from the shop that replaced the clutch the first time, the shop that was placing clutch in the transmission of people just calling me and being like, did you bring it in on this date? Are we paying this much? Like, what happened to it? How fast did you take it to the other shop? Did you tell somebody that this was a problem before you drove it off the lot? Anyway, it ended up being another $8,000 <clears> to replace all of this stuff. <laughs> You're just not strong enough. <laughs> I'm just not strong I enough. I don't understand. <laughs> and thank God I didn't have to pay a cent out of pocket. Like, they ended up refunding my $100. Like, all of they were excellent. I loved that shop. I refused to take it to the first one ever again. And now I drive out of my way anytime I have to have like oil or tires or anything. And I'm just like, no, like I'm going there. Um, that dude needs to be fired. (laughs) Sir. I'm naming no names. I'm naming zero names. Anyway. So he's just not strong enough. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Somebody's not fucking strong back. And of course the clutch glides like butter and I'm like oh yeah like this is what this is supposed to feel like this is a new clutch and they're like yeah you're just not you're, you're just not strong enough I know right I'm such I, a puny little girl spit on him too jeez <laughs> right spit on that so yeah these these are all of the things that make up the fact that my car's cursed <laughs> your car is legitimately cursed it's fine. Anyway, okay. So back to the disadvantages of buying a used car. You may have my experience. Um, I'm still <laughs> considering buying a different used car, but I don't want anything similar to what I have now because I'm just like, it was a bad taste in my mouth. Tim will sit. Oh, pardon me, gosh. <laughs> it's like a two out of 10. That was a bad no, burp. No, it was like a mouth fart. Like I didn't even feel it coming. <laughs> you may have my experience <laughs> if you buy a used car, but um, <clears throat> you do have the option of buying a certified pre-owned. Um, which means you're going to get that warranty. You're going to get the dealership that says, we checked this out. Like we vouch for this car rather than somebody drove it in off the lot or drove it in and maybe bought a new car or something like that. It's just on the lot. We haven't really done a lot with it. All right. So, uh, most models don't need a bunch of repairs. I like the most, maybe this is something that they say, but we don't know for sure. Um, until they're well over a hundred thousand miles. That's why I said, like, you look at that oh. 200,000 mile mark and say, oh. if it's under that, then it might be a good purchase depending on how many years you need the car, what the purchase price is, what the other history on the vehicle is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But that's typically true is like, they're kind of pretty new, pretty uh, well running. They don't have that big ticket repair until they're well over a hundred thousand. Right. Usually. Um, so it, this means like if you buy a car that's like three years old, five years old, you might not need to put humongous repairs on it unless somebody just drove the hell out of that thing. Right. Always possible. So, uh, another disadvantage of buying used, and this is one that I didn't even think about until I started kind of like doing research and stuff is you may not get to pick all of your, um, colors bells and whistles uh like if you get cloth or leather seats all those kinds of things those are not as big a deal for me personally but if somebody went in and was like i want a blue honda with tan leather seats that might be harder to find used right the cat says hi <laughs> i don't know if you heard that but the cat says hi hi poofa <laughs> yes this is poofa poofa says hi so um and that's just, it's something that everybody has to consider for themselves. Like there are advantages of new, there are disadvantages and the same for use is advantages, disadvantages. So you look at exactly what you need. Like I said, do a bunch of research and online shopping because that takes away a lot of the mystery and a lot of the quote power of the dealership to say like, we're going to stick you with, um, uh, a really high interest payment and you know we're not going to give you a lot of wiggle room all that kind of stuff so yep it's possible also so last little thing to consider um if you do want to buy new or used um different brands depreciate at a different rate yep so if you buy a luxury brand it may depreciate faster 
Whereas if you buy a Toyota, they have one of the lowest depreciation rates out there. Yep. Just because they're expected to run forever. Yeah, they're supposed to never fucking die. Yeah, and no Toyota that I've ever had has actually died. They just threatened to die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for damn sure. <laughs> it's like, am I shake like a washing machine? We don't know if we're getting home, but he never dies. Yeah, not on me anyways. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, Robo, my Toyota, got to where it wouldn't start for anybody but me, but if I got in the driver's seat, like, it started right up. It's just a touch thing. I guess, like, I... I remember that even happened when I took it in um, to get it appraised for the Passat when I was going from Toyota to Passat. The dealership guy comes back to me looking like so sheepish holding the key and he's like miss your car doesn't start. I was like oh yeah it does. Yes it does. You're good. It totally does. And he goes I don't think it's like I I do this all day every I don't think your car starts. And I just get in there and start it and like four four of the salespeople were standing and they just looked at me like, I don't know how she did that. It's a magic <laughs> like touch. Rub the cards. Turn on, baby. It's okay. One more yeah. time. It's a magic touch. Anyway, that's about all I have for today, Lauren. Do you have closing thoughts for us? Cards are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they depreciate way too fucking quickly. Mm-hmm. It like like I said back in the credit episode, interest rates are everything when it comes they down really to these things um and you are in the driver's seat yep. pun absolutely intended so when you're buying a car just be just be smart just be smart do do some research before you go in and know that you are you have the control and there's so many dealerships that there's no reason to go to one and think that it's the end all be all that is very true and don't always just look at the monthly payment that they give you multiply that monthly payment by the amount of months that they're predicting you pay that loan out for. And that's going to be your actual ticket price because it's going to be higher than the one in the sticker. Yep. And just be aware because sometimes it's better to not give them a monthly rate that you're willing to pay. It's even better just to say, this is what I want to pay for the entire vehicle tax tag title fees, everything price, knowing the terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Walkout price. That's what I, that's what I'm looking for because if they can find a way to finagle you, they'll give you a, they'll give you a loan that's $70,000, but you're paying $200 payments because you're paying it over eight years. So don't, don't pay attention to the monthly price unless you know exactly what you're trying to pay it off in. And, and then that's your actual price. That I think that's the only thing that I have. And you can always pay off early. That's always important. Yep. You That's your minimum payment due every month. But let's say you win the lottery, something wonderful happens to you, and you're just like, I'm going to pay this out. You can pay the remaining balance, and then you don't have to continually pay that interest. Yep, which is imperative too. Always, always just put a little extra on the principal if you can. Yeah, 100%. And last clothing thoughts from my mom, actually, because moms love to chime in. Yes. And she said, get the crash test ratings because, unfortunately, it seems that there is a rise of um, unlicensed drivers oh. on the road lately um, from what she has heard in the news. Again, this is mom advice. Um, and so <clears throat> maybe it's not your fault, but maybe you get into a wreck. And if your vehicle has an extremely good crash test – that might be the difference between you walking away and continuing to be a beautiful human unicorn or going to be a spiritual human unicorn. I guess you're not, no, uh, yeah, just a spiritual unicorn. There we go. Cause you wouldn't be human anymore. I don't know. Spook, spook. <laughs> it's still spooky season when this comes out, right? Sort of. It's past. Just, I think just past. Oh, I don't know. Does this come out on Halloween? Halloween's on Saturday, so this is right after. Now it's all yeah. Hallows Day. That's it's spookier. All... <laughs> <laughs> it is spookier. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to this installment of Mind Over Millennial. Hope we helped you with your consideration of a car buying process or maybe the next time you have to walk into a dealership and be bitchy because you are in the driver's seat. <laughs> be in control. Don't let the be a fucking bulldog. 
Oh, hell yes. It's your money. Don't, don't make them give over more than you want to. Exactly. But look us up at Mind Over Millennial Podcast on Instagram. We are very interactive and we take requests there. We have turned out our cult episode and our credit episode upon request. So let us know what you guys want to listen to because we want to deliver. Also, you can give us comments, critiques, and more requests at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you on the next one. Hey guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.